The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Explain that, I mean, years ago when I gave my life to Jesus, I, I, I love to, to read what Jesus says in the, in the Word of God. And red letter Bibles make that easy for us, so for me. I mean, so I take a red letter Bible and I, I just read, what did Jesus say here? What did Jesus say there? What did Jesus say here? And as I continue to read about Jesus, I encountered certain statements that shocked me. And, and, and I kind of stepped back and I'm like, did Jesus really say that? I mean, does Jesus really mean, mean, mean that? And those statements confronted, you know, the, the, the caricature image I had of Jesus, as it were. I mean, and many of us have this image of Jesus that is so cool and it can't utter fly until you read when Jesus says, I did not come to bring peace. I'm like, really? Did Jesus say that? What could he mean by that? Jesus makes statements like, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Really? How? And last week, we looked at, we started by looking at Jesus saying, do not resist an evil person. And and we unpacked it for us and, and we saw what Jesus really meant and how to apply that in our lives. If you missed that, please get the CDs. I think they are still for free uh, or download the messages online and listen to it. And today, we are going further and we are looking at Jesus saying, follow me. And we will touch on let the dead bury the dead, but mainly follow me. And Jesus saying, follow me, you know, when I read it and the, all the accounts of Jesus saying, follow me, I find that, I found it strange, at least at the time, that how can Jesus say, follow me? I mean, literally, Jesus walked on water, physical water. If you are following someone, you are following him, he gets to Bar Beach, you are still following him, and he begins to walk on the beach. What, what will you do? <laughs> If you don't want to sink, you know. So Jesus navigated some amazing situations that if we are following him, we really must understand what it means and how to follow him. Our text today is from Mark 10, 21 and 22. And the story that leads up to this was, was a young man that had kept the law. He was rich and came to Jesus and asked Jesus that, what can I do to have eternal life? Now, this is a young man that had everything. He had all the money, and he's, he's been a good guy. And Jesus says to him, you want eternal life? Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't um, envy or covet your neighbor's property. And he, he reeled out the Ten Commandments as it were. And the guy said, I've been doing that since I was a youth. In other words, it is possible to keep the Ten Commandments and not have eternal life. 
the guy has been keeping the Ten Commandments from being a youth and he still didn't have eternal life. Number two, it is possible to have all the money in this world and not have eternal life. Of course, that's obvious. It's possible to, because he had a lot of money and he didn't have eternal life. And the story continues from there. And the Bible says in verse 21 that looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And Jesus said to him, there is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give your money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. I was like, follow me. At this, the man's face fell his countenance changed and he went away very sad because he had many possessions. Jesus here saw a young man that has worked hard and has been a good guy and all he needs is eternal life and Jesus says to him, for you to have eternal life, you have to do only one thing, follow me. But before you follow me, you can't follow me with all this baggage. Go and sell everything you have. And keep the money in fixed deposits to be working for you as you follow me. <laughs> and give the money to the poor. Why did Jesus go straight to that point because Jesus knew, if you, if you read that scripture on in Mark 10, Jesus knew that the man's trust was in his finances. Jesus went straight to where his trust is. Where is your trust this morning? Whatever you are trusting in, apart from God, will keep you from following Jesus. I mean, that, that is just totally clear. Jesus is saying, I need you to Trust me for your security, not your job, not your bank account, not your treasury, not your car, not your inheritance. I need you to trust me, not your husband, not your wife. I need you to trust me. So Jesus said to him, go and sell everything. Why? Because until Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is not Lord at all. Until Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is not Lord at all. What are you holding on to as, as a backup plan? You need to decide, is, am I going to keep this or am I going to follow Jesus? Many times, we, we just want to acknowledge God once and for all. I've come to Jesus. I've come to church. I have said um, what is called the sinner's prayer. I've said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. So I am I'm born again. I'm saved. So I can live Anyhow, I want, but no, God says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. So the challenge we have as a church, as, as church capital letter C church, as in not just local um, gospel house, as the church is that we are churning out people that know church, but are not following Jesus. So we, we, we have people that are, have been to church, but they are not followers of Christ. 
We have people that have a form of godliness, as it were, but deny the power thereof, as the scripture says. We have people that know when to say amen, they know when to say hallelujah, they know when to give a holy elbow, they know when to... They know all the nuances, all the Christianese, they know, oh, it is well with you. Oh, all is well. How are you? The Lord is on the throne. You know, I'm like, I said, how are you? I said, the Lord is on the throne. Come on. How are you? Oh, pastor, it is well. <laughs> we just speak Christianese that makes no sense. Sometimes. That's not where we are going. So, it's possible <laughs> to... Come to church and not be a follower of Christ. I want to ask your neighbor that you know their names. Say to them, Nkechi, are you following Jesus? Ask them. Quickly, quickly, quickly. If your neighbor is sleeping, give them a holy help. <laughs> you will know how to do it already. <laughs> you know, are you following Jesus? Because it is possible to be in church. In fact, when I gave my life to Jesus, I had a friend that um, uh, were really close back then in, at, at university. And, and um, when I gave my life to Jesus, I said to him, till end of my third year, but entering into my fourth year, I, I said to him, oh, I'm saved. I'm born again. And look at me, he said, Ah, oh, you go to church every Sunday. Since, since I've known you, and that's it, from day one, I never miss, I will always go to church, even though I didn't know God. He says, you are always going to church. So what are you saying? I don't understand. At the time, I couldn't explain. <laughs> so it's possible to be going to church and not be a follower of Christ. In fact, I was reading a Washington Post article that, 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 that says uh, something like this. I, I went to church with with Bruce Jenner. When I read, I went to church with Bruce Jenner, I said, I have to read this article. You guys remember? You know Bruce Jenner? If you're saying, who is Bruce Jenner? Where have you been? Bruce Jenner is some guy that used to be Olympic athlete. I think he even won some medals gold medal or something, you know. A man's man. Stepfather to the Kardashians, you know them. <laughs> you know, where they say people need deliverance. <laughs> a family. <laughs> family, absolute deliverance. <laughs> anyway, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> God forgive me. <laughs> but they do. Anyway, so this guy just says that he wants to be a woman and did a sex change. And, you know, and all that. So when I, I, I saw in Washington Post, I went to church with Bruce Jenner. I was like, okay, I have to read this article because if this guy has been to church before, then <laughs> I need to see what... And the article was well written. It was written by his worship leader, the worship leader of the church he attended. And the guy was saying how he was always bringing... All those guys you see on TV, they were always going to church. He was always bringing the family to church. In fact, they built a huge church in their hometown. 
And he was the worship leader. And he was saying that, look, don't judge this guy. This guy built a church. This guy knows God. I'm like, what does it profit anybody to judge anybody? Nothing. But the truth is, the devil is a bad devil. Bad devil. You take a fine man and you make him into an ugly woman. (laughs) I need to get out of this very quickly. (laughs) The devil is a bad devil. Bottom line is this. He not only went to church, took the whole family to church. They not only go to church, they built at least a church, I think churches. But are they following Jesus? So pastor, you don't know if they are following Jesus. Don't be deceived. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. Show me your fruits, I will tell you who you are following. And it's, it's easy to look at those extreme examples and think, oh yeah, they didn't follow Jesus. But the question is, are you following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Are, are you really following Jesus? Where have you deviated from following Christ? And today God is going to realign you in the mighty name of Jesus. Following Jesus is an adventure. It's an adventure. I remember saying to my friends that you cannot be bored following Jesus. In fact, there's always something that will surprise you following Jesus. Boring? Impossible. Matthew 8, 19. It says a certain scribe came to Jesus and said to him, Master, I will follow you wherever you want to go. Now, this is scribe. It's, it's, it's like the religious elite, he, he knows the word. They are custodians of the written word. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. That should be a compliment to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, ah, Oga, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the son of man doesn't, wear, doesn't have where to lay his head. What's, what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying that if you follow me, today we might live in a mansion, tomorrow we might be under the bridge. Do you still want to follow me? The day after we may be on the streets. I mean, that is a very, very adventurous lifestyle. Jesus says that we can be camping in the desert the following day. Do you still want to follow me? Now, unfortunately, we, we love all the good things that Jesus has to offer. And it's good. But you see, God will challenge you to your core. Because you will not be all God has created you to be if you don't face the crucial things that Jesus is confronting in your life. You need to embrace the totality of Christ. Not just the crown, but the cross. The totality of Christ. So it it, it goes on and, and, and it says that another one disciple came to Jesus and said to, to Jesus, okay, Lord, I have decided to follow you. You, you, you don't have a, a, a hole like a fox. You don't have a nest like a bird, but I will follow you wherever you are going. But wait, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me. 
and let the spiritually dead bury the dead. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, think about that. Someone said, Jesus, I have decided to follow you and take all the risks. You don't have a hole, you don't have a nest, you don't have where to lay your head, I will go, but wait, my father just died. Let me go and bury my father and come back and follow you. Is that an, is that an illogical excuse? I mean, if somebody comes and you hear somebody ask Jesus that, is that an unreasonable person? It doesn't appear unreasonable to me. I don't know, maybe I, I pass spiritual. It really doesn't appear unreasonable to me. At least in the first glance of it. But Jesus' response was very interesting. Jesus said, let the spiritually dead... I'm sure you have some people in your house that are spiritually dead. Let them bury your dead father. You, come and follow me. I'm like, whoa, Jesus, did you just say that? Yes, he did. It's in the Bible. It's in your Bible. He did. So, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that a time will come where your domestic responsibilities will clash with your spiritual responsibilities. Jesus is saying, choose your spiritual responsibilities. A time will come when um, it is time to uh, bury your father. And time to go and follow Jesus. Whatever that would mean to you. Jesus is saying, follow me. Now, these things I'm telling you are not very popular. I'm sure you know that. And there's a reason they are not very popular. They're not very popular because people really don't want to follow Jesus anymore. People just want, what can Jesus do for me? He can give me breakthrough. He can heal my body. He can... Bless my pocket. It can increase my bank account. Oh, I love that Jesus. But Jesus says, you know what? You need to pick up your cross and follow me. Oh, I don't like that Jesus. <laughs> but it's the same Jesus. You have to embrace the cross and the crown. Everyone say, embrace the cross and the crown. In Matthew 6, 24, Matthew 6, 24, the word of God says clearly that if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself of what of the things you think you want you must deny yourself of the things you think you want you must pick up your cross and follow me now jesus introduces the concept of the cross here and he says you for you to follow me you must deny yourself of the things you think you want pick up your cross and follow me it's amazing you know, because if you look at it, the cross is where you crucify the, the person to be crucified. So if they want to crucify someone, they create the, a cross for the person, you know, so that they can hang the person and nail the person to the cross. You know, that, uh, but that's what they do. But Jesus is saying, when you want to follow me, you need to carry your cross. Remember, Jesus carried his cross eventually when he was going to be killed at Golgotha. But he's saying, you have to carry your cross, otherwise you won't be able to follow me. What does that mean? simply means that you will get to a point where your will will cross with the will of the Father. Where your will crosses with the will of the Father, you have a cross situation. 
Jesus is saying, carry that cross and what? Follow me. I want to go in this direction. God wants me to go in this direction. I have a cross situation. Immediately. Jesus is saying, carry that cross and follow me. And what it is can be a legitimate thing. Something you think you want, like he said. Something that is good for you. But God is saying, you carry the cross. Everybody has a cross to carry. Some crosses are circumstantial. You just have to carry the cross. Let me give, I'll give you an example. A simple example. I'll give you the first two um, worship experiences. I used to, back in the day, I used to um, um, date a lady. I don't know if date is the right word. I used to see a lady that I thought I was going to marry. You know? But now, with this lady, she was saved, no doubt. Every time the church opens, I want to be there. If there's prayer meeting, I want to be there. I wasn't a pastor, I wasn't a pastor, nobody knew me. If there was night vigil, I want to be there. And the church used to have vigils every Friday. I am at that, those vigils. Everywhere you are praying and worshiping Jesus, I want to be there. Even some departmental vigils, listen, that doesn't concern me. I'll go and ask the leaders, can I come? I want to be there. And when we started seeing each other, of course I was carrying her to all the vigils and all the programs. Initially she was following me everywhere. After a while she said to me, uh, this thing, is it not too much? <laughs> okay, this day, can we, can we just go and hang out here? Now, I want to go to church and be with Jesus. She wants us to go and hang out. What do we have? There's a cross situation. So what should I do? Talk to me. What should I do? <laughs> Your cross. Uh, you have cross. <laughs> so, so what I did was I just carried my cross and I followed Jesus. I said, okay, so you know what? I'd rather be in church. And I went. And it kept repeating itself. I'd rather be in church. And I went. Of course, the relationship didn't last. It fizzled out. Why? Because, hey, Jesus has made the choice for me already. It's a no-brainer. I know there are some people who say, okay, but it's just one Friday now, Pastor. It's just one. No, listen. The I, they say, that will last in old age will not be giving you problem at, as a child. I don't know if you understand that proverb. Okay, you do. <clears throat> so, to follow Jesus means two things, essentially. To follow Jesus means to walk in his steps and to act like him. To walk in his steps and to act like him, to imitate him. So, for me to follow Jesus, I must walk in his steps. I must find his steps. Where did Jesus walk? And I must walk. Then I must imitate him. I must not only walk in his steps, I must do as he did. 
For instance, if Jesus is walking in his steps in this way, and I'm putting my steps where he walks, I'm doing the first thing. Let's say Jesus was walking, lifting up his hands. And I'm walking. I'm actually following that step, folding my hands. I will not have succeeded in following Jesus. It's not enough to walk in his steps. Let me bring it home again. If, let's say um, everybody knows Jesus is a member of God's favorite house. Not only is he the member, he's the head of God's favorite house. <laughs> now, and Jesus comes to church. So to follow Jesus, you came to church today. So you are walking in his steps. Now, if, if, if they are praising God and, and they say, I lift my hands to you, Lord. Do you think Jesus will lift up his hands to worship God? Of course. So everybody's lifting up their hands and they are dancing. And you, your hands are in your pockets and you are posing. Are you acting like Jesus? You have followed the steps. You need to act like him. So you have to decide and behave. I don't say decide and behave. So how do we behave and make decisions like Jesus? Two main ways of how we can behave and make decisions like Jesus. Then we look at the benefits of following Jesus and we are done. How do we behave and make decisions like Jesus? Number one, be committed to spiritual growth. Be committed to spiritual growth. To behave like Jesus and to decide like Jesus, I must be committed to spiritual growth. I must be committed to spiritual growth. And, you know, those of you that made it to church today, I mean, I'm, I really am proud of you. I think you should give yourself a, a big round of applause, you know. You defied the rain. You came to church, you know. There's a song we used to sing, Bino Banjo, if you tell it, Jesus, Bojo Barra, if you tell it, Jesus. Okay, what does that mean? If, if it's um, burning, if fire is burning, I will follow Jesus. If it's raining, I will follow Jesus. Do you know that some people are not in church today? You know why? It's raining. It's raining. You cannot follow Jesus if you are not committed to spiritual growth. If you are not committed to spiritual growth. You have to be committed. In Luke 2.40, you can write it down, check it later. Luke 2.40 and Luke 2.41 to 42. It shows us that Jesus had to grow. Jesus himself had to grow. Jesus was not born a, a man. Mary did not give birth to Jesus as, and he came out of Mary's womb. Boom! Imagine you gave out to a man and the man came out. <laughs> now, could God have done that? He could have. Adam was made as a man. He could have. But God decided that Jesus would come as a child and grow. Jesus grew. You have to grow. Jesus grew even spiritually. Jesus was asking questions in the temple. Jesus was not at the temple teaching. We thought he was teaching. No, read it well. He was asking questions. The fastest way to grow is to ask questions. Jesus 
grew even spiritually. So you have to be committed to spiritual growth. You have to grow. And to grow, it takes time. Growth takes time. Growth takes time. When you plant a corn, sometimes it takes time, all the time. But you water, it grows, but you have to wait. It takes time. You have to keep doing the right thing. Some of us, we are so hungry for spiritual things. You want to grow. You want to attain that spiritual height. And yes, you will in Jesus' name. But guess what? You have to stay on track. Don't be in a hurry. God will take you from stage to stage to stage to stage. We, we have a, a program in church called The Journey. The Journey is a program that you should attend. If you've never done the journey, you've not done the journey, you should start today. Do we have a class starting today? If there isn't, we'll create one for you. We'll, you could start today and grow. But sometimes it takes time. You have to take the first step. Then you need to readjust things in your life. Then you take the next step. Like a lady that attended the first class of the journey came to me and said, Oh, Pastor, I want to attend all the classes in one day. There are about nine classes or ten. I want to do everything in one day. I just come here, buy biscuits, and I come with biscuits and capricorn and just. I said to her, No, do one, then go and internalize it. Then come back and do the second one. That's how growth happens. Many times we are in a hurry to grow. We just want to grow now. Nobody grows now. Everybody that you see that has grown took years of consistency. Years of consistency. When we're growing up, we are always eager to drive. We want to take your daddy's keys. Sometimes you just want to press that thing. Boom, boom. That's all you want to do. The joy of pressing the accelerator. I just want me the car. We beg our mom. We were, I, from, I started driving from I was 14, 13. Illegally. But back then, we beg. I was 12 when I started warming the car. We beg my mom. Mom, I just want to warm the car for you. Let me warm the car for you. Let me warm the car for you. Okay, so she start the car. I just said, boom. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> what a joy. Then it became, of course, it wasn't enough. So one day I stole the car. Should I tell you that story? No, I'll tell you another time. Bottom line, we are eager to drive. We are eager to grow. But now, everybody's looking for a driver. Everybody's looking for a driver. In secondary school, I remember back then, we used to, the guys, we used to bring uh, uh, methylated spirits to, to school and put it in our bed. Why? Because we want the bed to, to grow. Am I the only one that did that? Okay, you did that too. Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, you too. Okay, we, because we want it to grow. You put it there. You know, we almost peeled our skin because we just wanted. But now, you shaved the thing yesterday. Today, oh, this thing has grown again. It's just a problem. <laughs> In fact, sometimes you just say, okay, Taliban style. 
No. We are in a hurry to grow. And, and I remember in secondary school, our female counterpart, the girls, these are the work. <laughs> so put a kerchief. I'm sorry. I'm sure you guys did do it. You did do it, Abby. I did it. Let me see your hand. I did it. Okay, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I don't know how to do So we are ashamed. The point is this we are always eager to grow. But growth takes time, it's, 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 it's painstaking. There's never a lack of Christians that starts the right things. In all my years of being a Christian, I've always seen Christians starting to do the right thing. They always start. But there's always a scarcity of Christians that do the right thing for long enough. Most people start the right thing and stop then where they go to is down worse than where they started from. But the capacity to do the right thing for long enough, God will give unto you. Say amen, come on. In the mighty name of Jesus, God will give you. So to follow Jesus, we must be committed to spiritual growth. So while growth takes time, and it does, But guess what? There are certain things and areas, rather, in your life that God has expected that by now you should have grown past where you are. In Hebrews 5 and 6, the word of God is saying that by this time you should be teachers. Now you have people teaching you. He says by this time you ought to be teachers. So there are certain times when you ought to have gotten to a certain height spiritually, but you still have need right now for someone to give you milk. For instance, some people, if you don't call them and papa them, they won't show up for tribe. But when you call them and papa them, you see them in church. And that pampering will last for two weeks. After two weeks, it has expired. They won't come again. You need to call them and papa them. God is saying, how long will you remain like that? Those are kindergarten stuff. You should have grown by now. Some of us, we should have gone far in God. But instead of carrying our cross and following Jesus, we sat down with the cross and we are doing a pity party. You know what a pity party is? Oh, see my cross. My cross is very big. But you see, many times, we think our crosses are very big. Many times. As a pastor, there's hardly anyone I speak to, at least when they are at that point of difficulty, that don't try to convince me that their problem is the biggest. I'm telling you. A man will come and say, oh, see my business? In fact, I'm sure nobody in this church is going through what I'm going through. Say, hey. Another one will come, guess what, with a bigger problem. 
but still not the biggest problem. And everybody thinks that my problem is the biggest, my problem is the biggest. Guess what? Your problem is not the biggest. Your problem or the, the cross you have to carry is the right size. God will not put upon you what you are incapable of. I say, but God, I'm not, I'm not capable of carrying this. Try. By his grace, you are. Let me tell you a story, quickly. There was a man that went to God and said to God, God, my cross is too big. I need you to give me a smaller cross. Everybody will have a cross, I know, but my own is too big, Lord. God says, no problem. You want a smaller cross? <laughs> he said, yes. God said, yeah, give me your cross. He gave God the cross. God says, wait there. God went into the room and came out. And said, I'm going to take you into a room. There are different kind of crosses in this room. Just choose one. The one you like. And the guy was like, ah, well, you know, I'm going to choose you know, the cross. So he enters the room and he saw crosses. Orishi, Orishi. The one that is like Kilimanjaro. The ones that has thorns. Crosses that have nails. And saw one small one in one corner. I said, hey, There's a cross here. You say there's no cross. God, I've seen the cross I will carry. So he carried the cross, he was joyful, he said, thank you, Lord, and he was going, and God said to him, that's the cross you have been carrying all along. What am I saying? Perspective. Changes everything. The reason you think it's the biggest is because you've not seen. I've seen a little bit. I'm here to tell you your cross is not big at all. Some say, Pastor, you don't know my cross. <laughs> but God does. Regardless of what it is, it should not deter you from following Jesus. Jesus said what? Follow me. Carry your cross and follow me. You ought to be teachers. You are still in kindergarten. Something is wrong with that. And you can't blame your cross. So how, 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 okay, fine. Pastor, I'm committed. I want to be committed to spiritual growth. Give me pointers. One, the word of God. Two, prayer. Three, worship. Four, fellowship. Five, serving. Some, of, some people don't want to serve. They don't want to serve in church. He says, how can I be the one standing outside parking cars? I'm too big for that. My destiny is too big for that. Pastor, how can I be the one washing the toilet? I'm too touche. How can I be the one arranging the chairs? How can I be the one spending hours learning songs? How can I be the one praying? You know, we have videos in church two, two times a week. It should be more than that anyway by now. How can I be the one having those sleepless nights praying and praying and praying? 
You don't want to serve. But you see, the path to growth is to what? Is to serve. I came across a quote, nicely put. It says, if serving is below you, then what? Leadership is beyond you. Many of us, we want the great things of God, but you don't know that God is hiding those great things in the little things. If serving is below you, you are too big to serve. Then God is saying leadership is beyond you. I'm praying that serving will not be below you. So that leadership will not be beyond you. Some of us should be workers by now. We're just sitting down there. Let everybody serve me. Let everybody serve my majesty. But God is saying, be committed to spiritual growth. I say to folks that the true test of humility is not lack. The true test of humility is not lack. Poverty is not a true test of humility. In fact, there are some very poor and proud people. They are very poor and they are very proud. The true test of humility is abundance. You know a humble man when he has abundance and is still able to condescend to men of low estate. That is a humble man. Many people that you think are your friends today, wait until they touch money. You will know that you are not friends at all. That's, that's, that's how a lot of people are. Abundance is the test of humility. I've seen people that have grown from nothing, literally nothing, and God took to abundance. You know what they say today? They don't even say, who is God? They say, what is God? They're so arrogant. Abraham Lincoln put it nicely. He says, nearly all men can stand adversity. But if you want to test a man's character, give him power. Not many men are able to be powerful and remain under control. Not many men. Not many men. Not many men. Sometimes it's a dilemma of, 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 of wives. Wives really want husbands to prosper. Their husbands to prosper. But they know the guy. They just want to touch his body. We should be pepper. So they're like, do I say, God, keep him in poverty? Or do I? But we are all suffering in this house. Or do I say, God, give him abundance? The little he has is using to oppress us. If he now has a lot, what will he do? It's, 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 it's. But don't be a man like that. Ask my wife. She's always praying for my abundance. You know why? <laughs> because I take care of her with the little I have. So the little I have, I take care of her. Guess what she's praying for? And so shall it be. <laughs> I'm just challenging you. Sometimes you, you put... Your wife's in a difficult position spiritually. They cannot really pray for you out. Go all out. Because in their heart of hearts, they know what you are capable of doing. Jesus humbled himself. Though he was God, 
He did not think it robbery to be equal with God. He didn't take equality with God. Jesus could have sat on his throne. He became a man. That is huge humility. For God to become a man, a mere man, a baby that will be carried up and down, running from danger. God, you are carrying God, running from danger. Huge humility. Not only was he a man, he decided to die. Jesus did not have to die. You know that Enoch did not die. Elijah did not die. So why should, Jesus is greater than them. So why should Jesus die? He chose to die. Humility. He could have waited till he was 90 and died on his bed. Honorably. But he died on a cross like a criminal. That's huge. If Jesus can do all that, who are you? Excuse me. Let me ask your neighbor. I don't mean to be, ob- I don't mean to be obnoxious, but, but, but Pastor Sister should ask you, who are you? I don't mean to be rude, but, but, but they say I should ask you, who are you exactly? <laughs> now, now, guys, listen, listen, listen to this. The bottom line is this. There is no height that you are today that God can't take you higher. There's none. Even if you are the president of Nigeria, which you are not. At least we know who the president is. Even if you are, God can still take you higher. So humble yourself. President of the Lord. So for me to have the right behavior and make the right decisions to be like Jesus, I must, number one, be committed to spiritual growth. And number two, I must follow solid and sound spiritual leadership. I must follow solid and sound spiritual leadership. As human beings, we learn by examples. We learn by examples. Mathematics is the simplest course ever. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. If you say, Pastor, I don't really believe that, say amen. I know, I know. But it's actually very simple. You know, math is simple because if math is taught by examples, I learned math by example. My mom teaches math and further math. So she, she, she gives examples. Math is learned by examples. There's almost no aspect of math that I know that I cannot teach you by example. I, I said in this thought worship experience that I'm going to teach you how to solve differential equations. Where's the board? I'm joking. Some people put their hearts in their mouth already. <laughs> yeah. Why did I come to third fortune as I come from first or second? No, I'm not going to do that. But I can. If I show you enough examples and I break it down for you and I say, okay, to solve this, you do this, you do that, you rearrange this, you rearrange that. Guess what? When you have the same equation, you do this, you do that, you rearrange this and rearrange that, and you get the answer. That is how we are designed. Human beings are designed to learn by example. Take children, for instance. Your child will listen to what you say 
but they will only do what you do. Preach from now till tomorrow. Your children will listen to what you say, but they will do what you do. If you rough handle their mom, you are beating their mom. One day they will stand up and slap you. I'm telling you. Why? Because you are teaching them to be violent. One day they will beat their, their mates <laughs> in school. Because you are teaching them to be violent. If you keep lying, your children are seeing you, you're a liar. Guess what you are teaching them? You are teaching them to be liars. If you like, put them in sea rock or crock or sea crock or if you like, baptize them in water seven times. Pour anointing oil upon them. They will come out and still lie. Because children will do what you tell them to do. You're on the phone with your husband. You know you are not home and the food is not ready. And the man is hungry. He says, oh, baby, I'm on my way home. And you say, oh, your food is about 15 minutes done. I'm in the kitchen right now. It's really hot. Can I call you back? And you're in the car. And your children are hearing. What are you doing? Example. Those children will grow up as liars. I pray you change your ways. In Jesus' name. It's the same thing spiritually. Spiritually, you are as strong, listen to this, as the foundation that was given to you by your spiritual leaders when you first gave your life to Jesus. Not stronger. Uh, is that serious? It is that serious. That's why a lot of people are struggling spiritually because the foundation is faulty. And that's why if God brings you to God's favorite house, what God is doing with you is, is re-establishing a solid foundation in your life. That's why some, some things that we, you are hearing in church, they are affecting you deep down. You are struggling. Why? Because God wants to set your foundations straight. That's how it is. 1 Corinthians 13.1 Paul was saying, Be ye followers of me. The first one. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. Be ye followers of me even as I also am a follower of Christ. So, Paul, he knew he was human. If somebody who is aware of his weaknesses is Paul. He knew he was fallible, but he put himself out there and he said, follow me. Not follow me ultimately. Follow me as I what? As I follow Christ. So, Paul knew that these guys that he's, 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 he's pastoring or he's leading cannot go beyond is leadership. That's the truth. And, the, and, and the, the problem is, so Paul is saying that I am also following Christ. I've not attained. I'm pressing. I'm pushing. But you follow me as I follow Christ. In fact, the NLT translation which they put up um, in each, earlier on says that you should imitate me as I imitate Christ. Why would they fallible human being put himself out and make such a bold statement. 
Because he knows that that is how to grow. That is how to be like Jesus. We see examples and we do as we have seen. That's how it works. Praise the Lord. So the day Paul stops following Christ, what should you do? Stop following Paul. Stop following Paul. I've I've said before that, you know, um, wives, I say wives should submit to their husbands and they should. That's what the word of God says. But but I've said before, the day I said to my wife, um, there's no more speaking in tongues in this house. I've told you guys before, she has the right to look me in the face and to say, no, sir. I will keep speaking in tongues. She has the right to disobey me if I refuse to follow God's word, which will never happen in Jesus' name. Are you getting me? You cannot go farther than the examples you can see. We learn by imitating role models. We learn do, do, do you know, um, what, what's the name? That boxer guy that bites with his teeth. Tyson. Tyson said that, they were asking me, how is it that good? In fact, I think he's one of the greatest boxers ever. You know, it's just his bad habits that didn't make him fulfill his potential. This is why you have to deal with your bad habits. Otherwise, it will truncate your potential. Tyson, with with uh, Mayweather, with uh, Paco, Paco, Tyson will beat them back and blue. Tyson, as in the real Tyson. No? Tyson said that Muhammad Ali's videos. Um, this said all the guys that have gone before him. He says he watches their fights hundreds and thousands of times. He says, so sometimes when you are fighting him, he brings up Muhammad Ali of 1967. Sometimes he, he steps back and he mentions somebody's name. He brings out that person, he mentions the year and the fight. Sometimes he brings up, as talented as he was, he needed to learn by examples. Who are you? Excuse me. Who are you? Why are you truncating your destiny? You know me very well. I learned my examples a lot. Philippians 3.17 Philippians 3.17 says Dear brothers and sisters pattern your lives after mine. What, a, what, a, what, a, what an audacious statement. To say to human beings to pass on their lives after yours. And learn from those who follow our examples. In other words, there are people that follow our example, learn from them. There are people that don't follow our examples, don't learn from them. So, so but of course, I know that it has been abused, you know. We, we now have people that dress like their pastors, talk like their pastors, do the same hairstyle like the pastor. <laughs> I'm holding back. I don't want to say Jerry Coils. <laughs> don't forgive me. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with those pastors. 
I hope. But there's something wrong with that. If all you do is copy his fashion line, but you don't have his heart, you don't have his spirit, you don't have his passion for God. What you should copy is his heart. What you should copy is his spirit. Don't look at, oh, what kind of belt is he wearing so I can wear my cap. No, 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 that's not the issue. The issue is, how many hours does he pray? So I can pray that number of hours. How many days a week does he fast? So I can fast those number of weeks. What, what is he doing so that I can do? I say to folks, you want to follow me? Let's go. God will again say this, we are fasting. You are tempted to eat. The food is smelling in your nose. You know, that's when you're fasting. That's when you smell very delicious food everywhere. That's the only God knows where they put them when you're not fasting. They just show up when you begin to fast. But the question is, it's easy. Ask yourself, will pastor eat and break his fast? Or will he keep fasting? Even though he's mending the food. What is the answer? Some say, okay, I don't know. I don't know what pastor is eating. <laughs> you know. It's just what is in your heart you want to do. Keep fasting. Because that's what he's doing. That is what, that's the imitation. That it's the imitation. I gave you the example of, of, of how I was treated last week by someone that was very close to us. You find yourself in that situation. Somebody steps on your head. What do you do? You're struggling. What will pastor do? It's easy. I know what will Jesus do. Yes. Yes. But Jesus is following Jesus. What did he do? When he found himself, you to do it. Ah, that is hard though. That's the way. That's what I'm saying. So that if you end up wearing this kind of tie, it will make sense. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. So, God is saying, following Jesus is beneficial. It's beneficial. When you follow Jesus, your life will change. You have changed life. You have a changed life. Rather, when you follow Jesus, your life changes. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, verse 13. It says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished that they took note that this man had been with Jesus. They looked at them and they said, ah, these guys didn't go to school. They have no formal education. How are they like this? And they noticed that they've been with Jesus. Because Peter and John and the other guys were with Jesus, their lives changed. Not only does your life change when you follow Jesus. When you follow Jesus, you hear God's voice. Jesus always, always speaks. In Matthew 8, 10, it says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to them that follow him, Jesus always speaks to those that follow him. Always, 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 always. John 10 says that my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. Jesus always speaks to those that follow him. 
always, 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 always. So if I follow Jesus, number one, I will what? My life will change. Number two, I will hear God's voice. Number three, I fulfill my destiny. I fulfill my destiny. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me and I will make you, in their case, fishers of men. For some of us, we are, not, we are, we are made to be governors of wealth. For some of us, we are made to be um, president of nations. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> because I don't know how you're going to be president of nations, but you will be, in Jesus' name. But, but God is saying, I will make you. Follow me, and I will make you. We want to be made... Jesus says, follow me and I will make you. You fulfill your destiny. So if you, if you follow Jesus, not only will your life change, not only will you hear God's voice. For instance, last presidential elections, a lot of people were confused. People were run out of the country, cutting their families out of the country. They were panicking. Nations, Listen, if you could hear Jesus, you would not panic. You wouldn't panic. Why would you panic? Jesus speaks to his own. Not only will I hear God's voice, number three, I will fulfill my destiny. And number four, I will possess the promised land that God has for me. God has a promised land for you. God has a promised land for you. So the the key thing here is that there's a difference between Fulfilling your destiny and possessing the land. They are similar because fulfilling your destiny has to be, has to do with being all that God has made you to be. Possessing the land has to do with taking hold of all God has for you. All God has in store for you. So, fulfilling your destiny is being all God has made you to be. Possessing land is taking hold of all God has in store for you. When you follow Jesus, you will possess the land. Like in the case of Caleb in Numbers 14, Numbers 14, the word of God says in 24 that my servant Caleb has a different attitude, has a different spirit. He has remained loyal to me. He followed me, how? Fully. So I will do the land. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. There are decisions you are making today that will affect your descendants, your children yet unborn. Praise the name of the Lord. So it pays to follow Jesus. So I want to round up with that story that I started with, which is the story of, of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said to him, How can I have eternal life? And Jesus said, Sell everything you have. Give the money to the poor and you will have eternal life. Now, when the rich young ruler left, sad, dejected, which is the benefit of following Jesus, Peter spoke up. I was the speaker, Peter spoke up. God wants you to speak up. God wants you to ask him questions. Peter spoke up and Peter said to Jesus, now listen to this, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, we have given up everything to follow you. This young man couldn't give up everything to follow you. We gave up everything to follow you. But hear what Jesus said in response. 
Jesus replied, Yes, you have given up everything to follow me. And I assure you, it's the greatest comfort ever. I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, the good news, it says we receive now. Everyone say now. Now. God says in this present world, in return, a hundred times as many houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and property, or it will come with some extra called persecution. It says, but I won't stop there and in the world to come, we have what? Eternal life. So it means that Jesus said to the rich man, sell everything and follow me. Jesus was saying to the rich guy, sell everything that you are trusting in and put your trust in me. But everything you sell for every one house, you you are going to get a hundred houses in heaven. Hear on that. So, if the man gave Jesus this microphone, Jesus is saying, you are going to get a hundred microphones back. So, Jesus was not trying to take from him. Jesus was trying to get to him. Jesus is not trying to take from you. Jesus is trying to get to you. I don't know what God is asking you to give up. God is not trying to deprive you of that thing. God is trying to multiply it in your life. It could be a relationship. It could be illicit relationships because not only things. God is trying to multiply it in your life. So here we are. Be faced with the statement of Jesus. Follow me. You need to go hang out at the bear parlor where you drink and smoke. But Jesus says what? What will it be? What will it be? What will it be? You have things that, that you are holding on to. You know, the wealth, you don't only have the wealth, the wealth owns you. Your money owns you. What Jesus is saying to you today, what? Follow me. And you can't hold on to it and follow Jesus. You need to put your trust in Christ and not the possessions that you have. Follow me. What will it be this morning? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. What will it be? What will it be? I want you to talk to God. I know that this might have been very uncomfortable for some of us. 
But like the young ruler, you have a choice. Look down dejected and go away as you are or take the step of faith like Peter did and get the hundredfold return. What will it be this morning? God wants you to surrender to him totally. You know you have been coming to church. You are not new in church, but you know you are not following Jesus. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you. Or you say, Pastor, I used to follow Jesus. I used to know what it is to follow Jesus, but I am not following Jesus right now. I want to follow Jesus. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. No, 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 no. In the privacy of your seat, I want to pray with you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, and I'll pray with you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, that is me, Pastor. I'm making this call. God bless you. God bless you. Over there, God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. Slip a can in your hands. Keep the hands up. God bless you over here. God bless you over there. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Pastor, must I put up my hand? Yes. Because I want to know you are there and I want to connect with you and pray with you. That is me. I am not following Jesus. Pray with me, Pastor. Not on your head. Over your head. Just slip it up over. Slightly a little bit more higher so that we can see you. God bless you. I put it up, put it up well, 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 well. And you'll slip a card in your hands. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Father, help me. For some of us, it's just cost correction. We need to correct our causes. We've gone far. We need to realign. For some of us, we are realigning, but we are beginning to slip back. You need to do the right thing for long enough. You need to recommit to spiritual growth. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray for everyone that is committing to following you today. We ask, even those online committing to follow you, we ask for the grace, my Father, the grace to walk in your footsteps and imitate your behaviors for the rest of our lives in Jesus' name. We ask and we pray for everyone seated in this place and everyone online that is deviating off course. Lord, Correct our causes and let your name be glorified. Oh Lord, we give you praise and glory. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus.